This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I'm, just check- I'm just checking my aura. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be some great outtakes on this. Okay, ready? Rock on. This podcast may contain adult themes, strong language, and stupid health advice. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to In Bad Taste, where we cast a critical eye over health documentaries and the claims they make. I'm your host, registered nutritionist Pixie Turner. And I'm cardiothoracic surgeon Dr. Nikki Stamp. This is happily our last episode on the 2016 film Vaxxed, which we decide to tackle since the whole world is quite literally stuck at home waiting for one very important vaccine. It's been a really tricky topic to cover because we know just how emotive and passionate people get in these debates. Absolutely, which is why we have been hanging out for this particular episode. Because one thing that probably baffles a lot of people is that such erroneous thinking can get such traction to the point of becoming a documentary. So we are calling for reinforcements, again, for this very important discussion. And we've called in a big gun. I know it seems like we're just being lazy by just interviewing people, but as we've gotten into documentaries where specialized knowledge is needed, we are calling on actual experts because... You know, I think that's probably a decent human thing to do. This time, what we want to get to the bottom of is why people seem so attracted to really sticking to their guns on topics like vaccination, diets, even that the earth is flat. People, yes, people do actually believe the earth is flat. There's a whole flat earth society. It's fucked up. So why people really stick to this when there is an abundance of evidence to suggest otherwise? I'm actually very excited about our guest and allow me to roll out our introduction. (laughs) Um, So Dr. David Robert Grimes is a a scientist with a keen interest in the public understanding of science. And his writing has been featured in The Guardian, The Irish Times, The BBC, The Spectator and The Sunday Business Post. So all very fancy. He appears frequently on news and media to discuss and debate topics as diverse as vaccination to climate change and gives talks across the world on the importance of evidence in society. Society. His book, The Irrational Ape, explores how we can critically use scientific thinking and methods to protect ourselves and others from misinformation. Hi, welcome. Hello, how is everyone? <laughs> Brilliant, really, really excited. Did you enjoy listening to all that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just wor- worrying that I'm going to disappoint you now. You've built me up so much that I'm just going to be like a real disappointment. So set your bar low and we'll be fine. <laughs> It's okay, we're used to it. I mean, you are the you are the first and only man we will ever accept on this podcast. That's true. Well, th- yeah. thank, I I am I am privileged. 
we actually have had this discussion. We're like, if it has to be a man, we can have this one. Um, <laughs> anyway, hashtag not all men. Let's, um, we've got a whole bunch of questions that we're going to fire at you. Um, and hopefully it will give people a bit of an idea about, you know, what to look out for and some of the things that we can we can do to try and change our thinking. But let's just start off. Um, can you tell people what, what exactly is your day job? So what qualifies you to talk about all of this science and, and other things that we often hear you have very good and very strong opinions on? Uh, I, would, I would always say the first thing that um, I, I always feel horribly underqualified for all this, but one of the things that I am, I am a physicist by training and I'm a cancer researcher by, I guess, by the bulk of my work. But I also have other interests in, uh, I do research on public understanding. I do research on how conspiracy theories spread and propagate. And the reason that all happened is that I really enjoyed trying to explain science to people at one stage. And when you start off doing that, you start off with kind of an information deficit model you assume that people just don't have enough information. And if you're super helpful and you give it to people, they'll be very, very grateful. And when you get your first screed of hate mail, you realize that something has broken down in your model. And then you're forced mm -hmm. to confront the reality that actually humans don't necessarily do things in a reasoned way. And because I'm, I'm, when I communicate science and I'm trying to explain the thinking, particularly on cancer drugs or things like that, you come up against wall after wall of conspiracy theory. And that was very natural for me to say, I want to research that. I want to dig into why people do that. And that rabbit hole has led me here. So I guess my expertise is digging into rabbit holes and um, not having the good sense to stop digging when I probably should. <laughs> That's just science, isn't it? I go off on tangents all the time and, you know, I should not be allowed to be uh, trawling the internet unsupervised, basically. <laughs> my career has basically started off as a tangent, so I get it. <laughs> Well, I'm in, I'm in yeah, good company yeah. then. Everyone's tangential. It's great. <laughs> so when Vaxxed, this uh, wonderful documentary, first came out, you were asked to go on Irish radio with Andrew Wakefield, of all people. Can you tell us about what happened there? Uh, I think I developed a drinking problem is what happened there. No, but <laughs> I, I, should, I, should, uh, I should give some context for that. So... Andrew Wakefield was invited onto an Irish radio station at the time that Ireland was facing a huge confidence crisis in the HPV vaccine. And it would have been something that I would have been working very hard with the Irish government and the HPV vaccine alliance to, to, to counteract. And we can maybe talk a bit about that later if you like. But this was the worst timing for us. And I was contacted by this radio station, who I often would have been a guest on. And they were like, we got, we got a great one for you. We have Andrew Wakefield. And I'm like, that's not great at all. That is that is terrible. And they went, no, 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 because it's really exciting and you can you can prove him wrong. And I'm like, you don't get this. This is a false balance situation. And the idea of false balance is that if if you put something that is supported by a lot of evidence on the same footing as something that is not, to the average viewer or listener at home, you're creating an impression that these two positions are equally valid ones to hold when they are not. And that allows people like Wakefield to leech vampirically off the legitimacy of the scientific position. So I, I, I really implored them not to do this. And in the end, they said, well, he's going on whether you like it or not. So it's kind of a, a terrible you know, choice. And I kind of said, look, I'll go on. It was deeply, um, it was what you'd expect. It was a series of, of assertions by him. 
And every time you challenged them, he would accuse you of being part of a conspiracy. It's a beautiful self. It ended up with me hanging up, which I admit, because I suddenly realized as long as I was still talking to him, he still had a platform. And in the end, I, the caveat I went on on was also that there would be a discussion about false balance or like uh, a disclaimer. When it finally aired, all that stuff was cut out. And it was a very short, very antagonistic series of exchanges, all sound and fury, signifying nothing. And I don't think that did anything uh, productive for public health or understanding. So frustrating is a good summation of the whole experience. Mm. Yeah, I think I think this is um, a part of a broader discussion. You know, media or do have a responsibility to do the right thing. It doesn't sound like that was what happened and that occasion. So just, you know, so I suppose to go back to talk about you know, generalities. I mean, at the moment, we're seeing a, a lot of conspiracy theories and distrust in science. You know, how did how did we end up in this position? How have we wound up where um, we are getting equal footing to conspiracy theories and science where, you know, people um, people are increasingly distrustful of, of science and, and their views just seem to be so unshakable? Yeah, so... That it is, it doesn't make sense on paper. Um, and when I was writing the book, I, I was trying to understand this. And I, luckily, I'm very close to someone who researches uh, the psychology of belief. And I got, I got asking them all sorts of questions, and they put me in touch with other people. So I spent a lot of time trying to understand why. The first thing we have to realize is that we, as humans, uh, we react first and we reason later. So we are prone to emotion, uh, you know, that, I'm saying that like it's a bad thing, but when it comes to trying to infer the truth, that, that's not always the best thing. Uh, we have things that appeal to us for different reasons. Conspiracy theories offer a very simple narrative. Even if they're convoluted, there's a clear cause and effect. And that is much neater. We have an aversion to randomness, and a lot of stuff that happens in life is essentially random. And we don't like that. So conspiracy theory, firstly... It's very reassuring to a lot of people, even if it is not reassuring. The paradox of it is it makes them feel reassured because at least there's a cause and effect and a very clear path for things to happen. It also, if you think about this, it feeds into a sense of well-being. And that sounds strange. How can it be? If you feel that you have access to some arcane knowledge and something special, you feel like you are benefiting from that. So you can sit in a room, if you're an anti, a dyed-in-the-wool anti-vaxxer who maybe doesn't really understand the topic that well, and that is often the case, the most ardent people tend to not have the best understanding, you can be put into a room with a professor of immunology or a pediatrician or an expert or whatever else, and you can still convince yourself that you have superior knowledge to them despite the fact that you've never actually worked for that knowledge. That is mm -hmm. a huge boon to people's self-esteem, and that's why you see conspiracy theories mm -hmm. hold this allure. Because, you know, it's, it's like the dark side of the force, isn't it? You don't really have to work as hard <laughs> as the light side, but you still get a sense of power off it. And a lightsaber. That's a terrible analogy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... No, I think it's I've, brilliant. I've now made them out to be way cooler than Love they it. are. God damn it. <laughs> Big Star Wars fan, so I'm here for yep, it, for yep. sure. I'm yeah. just drinking my <laughs> X-Wing. I had a lightsaber as a kid. I'm very into this. <laughs> That's amazing. So do we actually have an answer to this in some way? Do we ban the voices of these kinds of people like Andrew Wakefield? Do we take down people's social media accounts, like what probably should happen with the medical medium, for mm, example? Mm. 
Or do we focus on educating people? Or have we tried all of this and is it not working? What do we do? I think that we have, I mean, everything you've mentioned has to happen, but it's the order and the extent to which every part, there's no simple solution for this because you do, we are on the back foot. I mean, and, and, and both of you have seen this firsthand where by the time a bit of misinformation has come out or disinformation in some cases, if it's deliberate and you're trying to correct it, the, the damage is done. And you also get this question of, am I propagating something further by actually even challenging it? Because sometimes that can happen. Mm. But the first thing I think we really have to do is teach people to be far, far more critical about what they engage with. I think that is is a very, it, it sounds like a very simple thing. It's not at all. But I think we have to teach people that most information they come across, particularly online, is probably either inaccurate or out of context. And to get the, to get the like for example, the, the one I love, um, an, an innocent one, was the, this, the uh, New Zealand petition to ban dihydrogen monoxide. You might remember this one. Yes, I remember this. And essentially it said that this stuff is found in tumours, it, it kills hundreds of thousands of people a year, it's in our food, it, it, it corrodes metal, it's a horrible thing, we should ban it. And they got a lot of people to to claim, yeah, we should ban that. Dihydrogen monoxide is H2O, it's water. Everything they said about it was correct, but the context was missing. And that's a real problem. Um, that's one way that people get confused. The other way is that social media has really allowed is people can just lie or make things up or be sometimes unstable for whatever reason. And that information is treated on the same footing as something from repeatable sources. The, the most basic thing I think we can do is teach people to check their sources. And I think a default thing is to ask, why do you believe that? And conversely, why do I believe that? It's it's not easy and there's no quick fixes. When it comes to social media platforms banning people, yeah, I think I think you should ban people if they spread disinformation uh, consistently. But then again, the president of the United States of America spreads disinformation consistently. And I look, if, if I had my way, he'd be banned as well. But there, Agreed. I think that social media companies exist to make money for social media companies. Mm. The, Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram, they're not there for the, better, the benefit of mankind or no. humankind, I should probably say more correctly. They are there to make money. And when you engage, even if it's nonsense, they're making mm. money. It's very hard to know how we can get around that unless we learn to think our way out of it and to basically disbelieve mm. everything. That is such a good point, actually. Uh, that is such a good point. And just to jump in with that, I, I have written about this recently in uh, in my upcoming book, mm. just saying. I've written a whole chapter on uh, food extremism on social media. And it is true that really, especially on platforms like YouTube, the algorithm is designed to get you to view for as long yes. as possible. Because the longer you are viewing content, especially videos on YouTube, the longer you, the longer, the more amount of time you spend doing that, the more advertising you get and the more money YouTube makes. So they are fully invested in getting us all these social media platforms and getting us to look at as much content as possible. And one of the ways to do that is to encourage us towards more and more crazy extreme videos and content because that captures our attention. So yeah, they are fully invested in this from a, as a business model, which sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. 
do you remember when Instagram recently started banning certain hashtags and started directing people who were looking for particularly vaccine information to to reputable sources? Like, you know, we all went, oh, that's fantastic. You know, I think this is a good thing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and it is a good thing, but I think that probably what drove that rather than a sense of corporate responsibility was probably the fact that there are increasingly large numbers of voices and loud voices who are demanding this and they realise that it is in their business interests to to start to um, to start to behave a bit more ethically. Because um, I think you're both right, you know, they are they're not going to change the way they they operate out of the goodness of their heart if it is going to cost them profit. And these big big accounts, like, you know, Trump is a classic example. Trump has, what, millions of followers on Twitter. Twitter aren't going to ban him because people log on because they love him and people log on and watch what he says because they hate him in equal measure. So they they are just mm. keeping you there, keeping you engaged in that platform. You know, it would be, it would be a stupid business decision at the moment you know, will we reach a time when, as I say, the business decision is that, you know, people are sick of this and, and if they don't start demonstrating corporate responsibility, we're all going to pack up and move on to the next platform, whatever that's going to be, then maybe we'll see some change. But until then, I think you're right. I think we're kind of, we, we're stuck with the fact that they want to make money. So, capitalism. Yeah, and, and I think that they've tapped into a, a very human kind of thing. Um, again, I, I think it's the fact that like we emote first and we think later. And social media caters to our worst successes. It is literally, you know, you're almost rewarded for getting angry or engaged. And, and, and it's, it's, it's like the crack cocaine they're secretly feeding you. I mean, one of the things I've, I've even noticed myself during lockdown is like moving away from social media for a while has actually been because you, you are perpetually either angry or, or distracted by things. And you're like, actually, that's what their business model is. And that's a terrible one for, for human communication. That really is not ideal. Um, I think then the only, the only bulwark we have against that is that if we learn to be as dispassionate and, you know, critical about things before they're exposed to us, because once we're exposed, like our, our, our amygdala just goes crazy. Our like kind of our basic responses. That's why scary information travels much further with anti-vaccine stuff going back to that. Uh, the reason that anti-vaccine myths have tr- thrived so much online is because they are terrifying, they are immediately accessible, and they stick in your head more than more sober-headed analysis. And this is like the availability heuristic. When you're trying to, if you if you don't know much about vaccination, but you've read something really really scary, you're already primed to to feel, oh, that's that's dodgy. Even if there's no real support for that, you're scared. Uh, and, and that's what Trump does with opponents too. He primes like, you know, Sleepy Joe or whatever else. So even though you conscientiously haven't, you know, this is, this is how bad mouthing works, isn't it? That's what they're doing. It's, it's a priming and we all fall for it because negative expectation and negativity bias is a thing too. And that's why anti-vaccine disinformation just travels so rapidly. But unless we're aware that that's happening, we are susceptible to it. Once you're aware of it, it's a little bit easier to kind of go, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to reserve judgment on that until I talk to an expert or check the source. But unless we learn to do that, we are vulnerable to a lot of nonsense. Do you think we can reasonably help people in that direction? Do you think that's something that's actually possible for people to do on a large scale? I th- there, is, there is evidence that it is. For example, there, one of my favorite papers on all of this was a 2015 one where they basically watch people make, uh, they watch people make reasoning errors. 
And then they did a kind of workshop with them to show them actually where did things go wrong there for you. And when they tested them again a year later, the ones that had got the workshop didn't make the same mistakes. And I am thinking that that is, mm. you know, it, this is early days of this kind of stuff, but I'm thinking, look, we're all fundamentally capable of learning these techniques, but different personality types are more likely. I mean, you could teach Donald Trump how to do it, but he's not going to do it. Um, I think that all we have to do is hope that most people are better than Donald Trump. I hope that's true. <laughs> Otherwise, let's just end it now. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> at this, this like moment of, of like thinking that through going, oh God, oh God, are we? Are we? <laughs> sheer panic set in actually um so I just want to ask about debunking because I think you've sort of touched on that you know we worry sometimes about you know if we're going to debunk or we're going to um you know um speak up against misinformation or disinformation when we see it and and that can be someone like you know us like we've we've got the education and training in in that subject or you know you could be sitting around the dinner table and auntie Karen, let's call her Auntie Karen. Auntie, <laughs> Auntie Karen pipes up and and says something, you know, slightly, you know, ridiculous about whether it be about vaccines or flat Earth or climate change or five G. You know, pick pick your poison. Um, how should we debunk that? Is it is repeating it going to amplify the message? And and if if so, what are some ways, some effective ways to do it? And how do we keep ourselves safe from? potential backlash when, when we're debunking information? I, I think that's a great question. And I think the answer to that is twofold. I think we have to choose our battles. Um, when someone has it, I think you learn after a few years of doing it, that when people have a genuine query, have a genuine fear, and when people are dyed in the wool and you're just wasting your time. If you end all your time shouting at people who are dyed in the wool anti-vaxxers, you know, or conspiracy theorists, you're wasting your time. And in fact, 
it's like playing chess with a pigeon. The pigeon is still going to strut around the board and act like it won, right? It, it, it's not, it's not, and it puts, it, it, you're all. And then, and then you end up hanging up on Irish radio. Exactly. <laughs> it's like people think they've won because you blocked them. No, you didn't win. You're just an asshole. Yeah, exactly. The block button is like my mental health preservation button. I'm like, you're just too, stop. Same. Uh, but one of the things about that is you can, I, and I argue, I think in the, in the book, quite strong for this, discussion, like we mentioned Auntie Karen there, uh, discussion is actually quite valuable. <laughs> And often, not a, not a like, mm. you're wrong. I often will ask people, okay, why, why, why do you believe that? And because then that gives you an insight to why. Sometimes they're just scared. And then you use an entirely different approach than if, say, they were coming from. The one time I saw this in a very um, visceral way, like, uh, I don't think you change anyone's mind. I think you give people the tools to change their own minds. And if you go in all, in, and, and social media encourages to be all antagonistic, actually, that's dreadful because you're preached to the choir and what you do is you further polarize and people in the middle ground who are you, you're always aiming for people undecided in the middle ground. They're repulsed by all of this. And, uh, that's, and that's, that's really negative. So I think you have to be understanding of people's positions. One of the ones I had is in the middle of um, the HPV vaccine protests in Ireland, I just given a talk, um, with actually an Australian, uh, Ian Fraser, who invented the HPV vaccine or, and, and he had, He's from my town. Yeah, is, is that Queen? No, Queens? No, Queensland? Uh, uh, Perth. Oh. Well, well, the HPV vaccine came from Perth and Queensland. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, he's an amazing, amazing person. Like, uh, Yeah, yeah, we did good. <laughs> the little old Australia. Yeah, you, yeah you, you did real good. That's an amazing vaccine. But after after, after the talk, I went to a, a pub um, <laughs> not to live up to a stereotype. <laughs> Um, some of the anti-vaccine protesters followed us in and my colleagues with me were, were quite nervous. And one of them came over to me and, and demanded to talk. And I read something about this person, the other two with them, I felt were a waste of time, but I felt there was something about this person's demeanor that I, I said, yeah, we can, we can talk. Let's sit down. Now I could also see they had a microphone in their back pocket. So I was careful about what I was saying, but or maybe they were just happy to see me. I don't know. But um, but as we as we got talking, she, she I said, look, let me, t- tell me about your stuff here. And she told me about her life and the stuff she was having with her children. And by all accounts, she was having a really, really tough time. A lot of different issues in her family life. And I said, OK. And her, her children were sick. I did not doubt that at all. She thought it was the vaccine. And I listened for about 20 minutes. And, and I said, look, I said, it is obvious to me your kids are, are real sick. And that is, you deserve every support and every bit of help. I said, the only thing you and I disagree on is what the cause of that sickness is. You think it's the vaccine. And I think the evidence here that we're talking about says it probably wasn't. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be taken seriously. And I always remember that one because she left, but she left shaking my hand and seeming actually genuinely happy that we'd talked. I don't, I never followed up on it, but I wonder, and I kind of, I hope that if I sent her home with something to think about, to go, maybe I'm blaming the wrong thing. And maybe these, you know, pro-vaxxers aren't all like laughing at us and, and, and being, you know, um, mean and nasty and horrible. If that changed her mind, that was probably more effective than me sitting there kind of going, I won't talk to you because you're so horrible. You know, it's sometimes you have to engage (laughs) and, it depends, but 
pick your battles. Something about her told me that she wanted to talk. Whereabouts sometimes if it's some Egypt, you're like, just go away. You're just if it's if it's Del Big Tree, you're wasting your time, you know? <laughs> that is so accurate. <laughs> oh god, in so many ways. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, you know, because I, th- I think the other side of that is people don't, you know, and you sort of mentioned this when you're talking about, you know, feeling like this belonging to this group where you feel um, empowered and Im- improves your self-esteem. By the same token, yelling at people and telling them that they're they're stupid or that, you know, they're, you know, insert negative adjective here, um, it's not going to, to work because all that's going to do is, you know, create an emotional response where they get incredibly defensive. It's never going to work. And I think that's a really good, good approach coming at it from a, a sense of, you know, compassion, because I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this as well, that, you know, we don't, we don't doubt that these people have had terrible experiences, that they, they might be suffering and the, or that they're scared. I think that coming to that from with, as I say, curiosity and compassion is probably a much more effective way. And I think, you know, it lets you walk away feeling maybe a little bit better about yourself. And I think that's got to count for something as well. Do you know what, but it's really easy, and I think, again, social media has weaponized this to a huge degree. It is really easy to be condescending, to be, put people down, and I have done it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, this is, like, I, oh, I mean, I've, 100%. I, yeah, I've, I've sometimes had that, yeah. because social media is so performative, and it, it separates people into villains and heroes, people are not, people are complicated. <laughs> people do good things and bad yeah. things, and to different extents. And people change and people learn and people grow. And that's, and none of that nuance is, you know, when you're, when you're in a, like a tweet off with someone or like, uh, you know, it's all about getting the, the last <laughs> burn in. And there's times when I've engaged in that. And then I realize all the likes and all the acknowledgements I'm getting are from people that are already agreeing with me. And all I have done is alienate people that might've been watching this, who might've been, you know, and, and I, particularly when I was younger, I did this more. As I've gotten older, I just I just don't because actually, it's not produ- it's not conducive to changing people's minds, and you're, I'd be far more interested in changing someone's mind than just nodding along with people that agree with me and high fiving. You know, we don't need that. We need <laughs> we need more discussion, more conversation, less debate. Debate debate is already antagonistic; it's already aggressive. But to understand why we feel things, often it changes our own mind. I mean, I've certainly had positions where. I've gone in to discuss with someone else why I thought their position might be wrong. And I've walked away from that discussion going, bloody hell, I think my position needs adjustment. And that's good. That is a, a benefit. That, well, that should be a good thing. But we are very, very bad at that. Yeah, we don't also like to admit that we're wrong. As humans, we really don't want to definitely publicly admit that we've been wrong in any way because it's it feels incredibly embarrassing. And it feels like you know having to admit that we fucked up in some way. And that is not easy to do. I mean, I have firsthand experience of this, having once been an absolute wellness wanker and then doing a complete 180, then having to be publicly be like, yeah, so remember everything I said for the last two years? Absolute garbage. Please ignore all of it. Not easy to do. Definitely not easy to do. (laughs) No, no, not at all. But that's because we've we've set up, you know, this kind of weird thing where we we, we reward confidence and uh, stubbornness we're like oh look at them they're we call politicians who change their mind flip-floppers we we kind of we have all this negative language mm. in fact changing your mind is the most noble thing you can do when the evidence no longer supports the position it shows that you are actually being um a, a thoughtful productive human being 
whereabouts people who refuse to change their mind or, or, or just double down, that's kind of borderline dictatorial behavior. In fact, look, again, I don't want to use Trump again as an example. Let's use Hitler as an example. Um, one of, one of, the, uh, one of the, the Office of Strategic <laughs> Services, when they looked at his profile... <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a nicer Trump. No, hang on. Nicer. We wrong could word. use Wakefield as an example. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's, there is. There's an excellent one, right? Wakefield. Whenever you present them in evidence, they actually double down. What company to keep? Imagine like you, that's hell. You end up at a table with Hitler, <laughs> Wakefield and Trump and no one else. And you're, then you're asked, fuck, marry, kill. That's hell. <laughs> can you, can you use kill three times? No, no. Um, <clears throat> oh god help me oh, oh my god yeah, Legally, that, we are required to, to say that is a joke well the, the, the worst the, the worst thing is i now visualize that thanks and um i'm gonna to have to wash my eyeballs out with bleach oh um, i am infinitely sorry I, I actually i want to know who you picked because in my head i'm just trying to work out who i had to pick and... yeah kind of what i want to know too how did this degenerate so quickly? I don't know. But like, I mean, I'm, I'm giving this question far too much mental bandwidth. I know that I'm like, yep. well, if I had to. Oof, oof. <laughs> no, don't. I don't I actually don't want to know. No, I, like, I, I really, I actually, I changed my mind. I don't want to know because um, I need to go to sleep later tonight. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to throw up just thinking about it. Yeah, it's. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's like choosing, would you like to be blown up with a grenade or would you like, no, no, no I can't. The, no, just stop. Oh, Please. can I take the grenade instead of fuck, marry, kill, please? <laughs> yep, same. Yeah. Can I marry the grenade? Is that an option? <laughs> I will fuck the grenade. <laughs> <laughs> or you could, no, you could use the grenade as a, no, 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 I'm thinking. As, no. no. <laughs> it's going. I'm trying to be civil, but it's really hard. This this was supposed to be our serious episodes. These four episodes supposed to be our very serious episodes, rather than um, the you know caliber of jokes that we normally made. Anyway, I'm going to put that one to bed because I'm going to be sick in my mouth. Um. <laughs> put to bed was probably the wrong um, idiom oh, to no. use. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, now it's done. It's done. It's done. Moving on. Okay. I don't even know what we're talking about. I think we, we were talking about changing ch- changing people's minds and like and doubling down and doubling down. Yeah, yeah. And dub, you know, doubling doubling down is it, it's a real negative trait, but it's something we're almost rewarded with. And unfortunately, we are rewarded if you double down. Like you know, Boris Johnson will stand there and go, no, 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 no. It's this is and all these facts, Prime Minister. No, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, and the longer you shout, and this actually the reason this was the first time I read about it was Napoleon is supposed to have famously said that there is only one figure in rhetoric worth a damn, and that's repetition. Uh, also, Hitler, Hitler and Goebbels had big lie, and that was the idea where if you constantly repeat something, and even if people correct you, challenge you, if you just keep repeating it, people will eventually believe you. Uh, and this is the, called the phenomenon of illusory truth. And unfortunately, there is psychological information that happens, which is why we really need to be aware of it, because otherwise you're very, very vulnerable to it. But changing your mind is good. We just, we're not good at it. Well, I guess this brings us to the final question, which is a very serious question. Why aren't we making these cool documentaries? Why, are, why is it that Wakefield gets to make his shitty documentaries and we don't? That's not fair. It, it's not, but you know what? I've been, I've been looking into this a little bit, right? And a lot of it is due to two things. Um, it's firstly, 
Wakefield supporters, the Dell Big Trees of this world, whatever else, they are absolutely married to this cause, right? Raising money becomes very easy then. Whereabouts people in the scientific kind of things were like, oh, well, why would I bother? I've, I know the truth. But the thing is, yeah, that's where we, and then it's very hard to, to get people to, you go to production companies or whatever else, and they'll be like, well, that's, that's trivial. It's very hard to get people to realize what we're up against. And you're like, no, if you produce, like Plandemic is a good example of it too. Very slickly produced, but convinced. And, and you're like, you might go, why do we have to make documentaries about basic facts? And you're like, well, because this is what we're up against. But if you guys want to make a documentary, I'm totally in. I'll join. So, you know. I'm in. Woohoo! I'm sold. I, think I would I would be so oh keen. God, could you imagine? <gasps> be the best thing ever. It's very, it's very hard to get media interest yeah. when you talk about these things. Like if, if you go, we'd like to do something that's like medicine or science based and actually factual. You you lost you lost us at factual. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you're goop, you can get it into Netflix. But uh, if you want to do something that's actually, you know, um, you have to have an angle. And these guys um, yeah. always have an angle. Like we know uh, whereabouts facts are, are good. There's probably less of an angle than we, we <laughs> I've like. tried. Believe me, yeah. I have tried. I've had many conversations and people just, it's just not seen as interesting enough. It's not sexy. Yeah. It's really yeah. frustrating. And often, mm. and often the only reason people come to me in the first place is because I used to be a wanker. <laughs> you, you say that's such a negative i think the fact that you can say that is such a positive thing that you go i used to hold opinions i no longer hold that's great well yeah and yeah. guess what it was anti-vaxxers who made me change started the process of getting me to change my mind because i was like i am not associated with anti-vaxxers and so i started looking into all the other shit that they were spouting and realized oh shit this is a group I cannot be a part of. Hashtag, thank you, anti-vaxxers. Yeah, start that one. No, uh, right. Something that no one has ever said. <laughs> but but I, I think that like it's, it's such a good thing, the fact that you... Because you, a lot of people can never abandon... And, and conspiracy theorists, are, and which anti-vaxxers are a, a subset of, find it very hard to ever leave their, their groups because these become social groups. And if you leave the group, you are ostracized and you are vilified. So there's a social factor that keeps them in, which is why mockery... Mockery of certain figures works fine. So mockery can be a good weapon if used employed, but mockery of the people that are in some ways victims of anti-vaxxers, the ones that have been pulled into this vaccine hesitancy out of fear, you have to be so careful. Mock the wakefields of the world for sure. Mock the big trees, but maybe it's very, yeah, we're okay. We're good for them. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, compassion is annoying because it makes us think of people as humans with all their flaws and, that's annoying because we can't paint them as two-dimensional. But we are all flawed. We all do and think stupid things at times. And, like, I mean, I, like, I, I, sometimes I get emails saying, oh, you, you think you're great, don't you? I'm like, no, I really don't. Constantly I no, make idiotic decisions and I'm trying, you know, and I try to improve every time. That's the only thing I'm doing is trying to be less stupid most of the time. I mean, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. That's good advice. That's that's our advice for this week. Let's all try to be less stupid. Everybody. <laughs> yep, I can go with that. <laughs> we don't have to be smart. We just have to be less stupid incrementally <laughs> towards some goal. Every little bit counts. <laughs> <laughs> what a note to finish on. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for your time because that was just freaking outstanding. Um I learned a lot. Um, and your book, The Irrational Ape, is available 
all of the places that you buy the books from. And we will leave in the show notes where people can find you on social media. Please don't start fights with David. He's lovely. But, you know, go and follow him and see what he's about and see what other pearls of wisdom he has to share because there are pearls of wisdom. They're often often popping up in my feed from you. So thank you. And, yeah, this this is amazing. Amazing. Well, thanks for having me. I had a great time. Thank you very much. If you need to get advice on vaccinations, please talk to your own doctor or visit the World Health Organization website listed in the show notes below. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star rating because that's how people will find our little podcast. And of course, please tell your friends. Now, if you have questions or comments, as long as they're nice, uh, please get in contact with us on email in badtastepodcast at gmail.com. We really enjoy hearing from you. Um, so please be sure to drop us a line. And uh, as always, come and see us on our socials. Pixie is at Pixie Nutrition and I am at Dr. Nikki Stamp. And we will leave you references and relevant links in the show notes. And if you're wanting to send us a nasty message, please, before you do that, send proof of, to us that you have first Googled pictures of children in iron lungs. Then we will accept your message. <laughs> Too harsh? I was no, perfect. not expecting perfect. that. <laughs> no, perfect. That is amazing. Is just, I just don't even know what to say. Nailed it. <laughs> so finally, that was the end of Vaxxed. I have to say, I am really glad that this is over and done. I don't want to see it ever again. So let's look to the future. Nikki, what are we doing next? I'm really excited about this one because it is literally hot off the press. Um, a lot of people have asked for it. We are going to take a look at the brand new Netflix documentary series, Unwell. Now, I think this is going to be really interesting because they claim to be like going behind the scenes and working out what's what. But I don't know. I've heard a bit of chatter that it's, you know, it's not necessarily doing the job it should be doing. Funny you should say that. I've heard the same. So this should be interesting for sure. I mean, I for one, am excited to watch something that might just, even in parts, be a slightly more enjoyable experience than what we've had so far. Oh, right. Yeah. And even maybe something a bit sort of lighthearted because we've done a few like kind of heavy things lately and it'd be nice to point out some absolute craziness or stupidities in, in, in a film or in this case a series just to give ourselves a little break. I mean, I, I, need, I need a break. I need a break from the seriousness. Same. So as you may have noticed... The documentary has six episodes and September happens to be a month with five Tuesdays. So we will be covering one episode per week, which is slightly different from our usual routine of covering one documentary over the course of a whole month. But there's just so much material there that we felt we just had to make the most of it. So there will be one episode that we're going to miss out on. And I think it's going to have to be the Tantric Sex one because I don't think we can actually do that episode without it just being continuous laughter. <laughs> it's not looking good for Tantric Sex. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Oh, so much to talk about in these, these episodes. And and look how current we are. Like, how today? <laughs> we're so cool. We're, like, we're down with the kids. We know what's going on. No. We're too old for that shit. <laughs>
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.